Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. Hello and welcome to episode 129 of Discovered Wordsmiths with Ken McQueen. We have a good talk today. We did have a few technical issues, some dropouts and things. We tried to pick back up on the conversation and edit that out. But if there's a few little spots that jump a bit, that's the reason why. But I did want to say you like the background. It's the old background. It's now virtual. I'm still in my new office, but I took a picture and made the background virtual but I'm going to change it around. So I just wanted to have some fun with it. And I'm hoping to start a new couple segments on the podcast. I'm still working on them, uh, but hopefully I'm going to have each week a bit of a segment from a bookstore owner talking about what's coming out in books and what people are buying and what it's like for this month, this season, whatever. And I hope to have some author talk about what's coming up in the industry. Uh, So, That's some things I'm still working on, uh, but I just wanted to give you a little heads up that that will be coming up. So anyway, let me uh, quit babbling and I will turn it over and we'll talk to Ken. So finally, after a few mishaps with technology, I want to welcome Ken McQueen to Discovered Wordsmiths today. Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I just had my book launch last night. I might be a little fuzzy, but uh, I'm doing well. Good. Great. We'll get into the book. We'll talk about that. Before we do, tell us a little bit about yourself, some things you like where you live and some things you like to do outside of writing. Ah, live in North Vancouver, British Columbia. I'm looking out over Burrard Inlet right now, watching some freighters go by. And what we like to do here is here and on the coastal part of British Columbia is walk along the Pacific do some kayaking when we're not when I'm not writing and just enjoying the moderate temperatures of British Columbia after years of living in Ottawa where it was extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I'm in Ohio which has very frequently changing weather right okay. below Lake Erie. Yes. And today it's very mild and nice but we're supposed to get rain tonight so we'll see. So do you get the lake effect snow come winter spring not so much i'm just a little south of that uh, oh, it's lucky close. yeah if i go north a little bit but it's really cool at, in the winter sometimes when it gets like the last couple of years really cold you mm-hmm. go up to lake erie and you see all the frozen waves and the piers are all frozen over and it's really cool looking it is it looks pretty freaky actually yes otherworldly yes yes yeah inspiration for some story yeah exactly <laughs> all right Ken, why, tell us why you wanted to start writing. Actually, writing is what paid for part of this house. Nice. <laughs> I've been a, a journalist. Uh, I was a journalist for many decades before, before turning to fiction. And uh, I covered uh, 
any number of things. I worked for two national wire services in Canada. And then for the last 15 years, when I was a working journalist, I worked for McLean's, which is our equivalent of Timer Newsweek. So that, that sort of gave me the keys to the kingdom. I could travel all over the world, cover major events and nine Olympic games and whatnot. Nice. So, yeah. so it was fun. And then I retired, uh, took early retirement because I thought, let's try something a little fresh and different and not very fresh because I still ended up writing. <laughs> it's just that now, now I make stuff up. <laughs> so that's admitting you didn't make stuff up before. That's good. That is uh, exactly it. true. And you know what? I got to say that whole fake news thing really gets up my nose. Really? I, I had potentially millions of readers. I was a writer for a national, national organizations. And plus, trust me, you'd get called out if you were making stuff up. I checked, double checked, verified. And anyone who attempted to accuse me of fake news usually got a bit of a reprimand for me because everything I did was recorded and confirmed. and Which people, I mean, off on a tangent here, but I think people don't want to listen and understand that purposefully. They want to make their claims and their beliefs, even though it's completely refuted and not true. I think that's a definite problem we have with news. It is definitely. It's just, uh, it's a very inconvenient when they see facts and reality that they don't like. So it's a very easy way to dismiss something, but it's a cheap way of doing it. Not very effective in my view. Right. So I've talked to some other people that started in journalism and news articles and things and moved into writing fiction, even though they're way different. Do you feel you had a good basis of learning to write and how to write, et cetera, from that to move into your fiction, even though they're vastly different ways of writing? That's, Stephen, that's quite a profound insight on your part, because I thought I knew a lot about writing, and I did, obviously. It paid me very well and got me access to all manner of people. But then now on my bookshelf, I have a whole book, a series of books on learning to write novels and fiction. And I did realize it's quite an education, actually, to go from writing my longest magazine piece was probably about 19,000 words or so. Quite long, but my book is 81,000 words. And there's a whole arc, a series of arcs. But I would say I had to do a lot of research to learn how to make stuff up, which is kind of weird, but it's very true. Nice. Yeah, I can see that. I can, I can see how being a journalist helps you more than to move into fiction than to start as a fiction writer and moving into journalism. I, I think it's that, easier going one way. Yes. I still root my stories in a lot of, a lot of fact. It gives me confidence. And when you have confidence, it gives you the voice that you need when you're writing. The concept of voice is a very difficult thing to define, but it's essential. You have to have this confidence. So let's talk a bit about that book. It's called Hero Haters. Tell us a little bit about it and why you wanted to write this particular book. I've been fascinated by heroes for a long time. Create them in the news business often, but the ones that I was interested in for this were everyday heroes, people who were thrown into a circumstance 
It might be a burning building. It might be somebody flailing in the ocean. It could be a car crash. Any case where a regular person puts themselves at risk to rescue a stranger. And uh, I thought, what makes those heroes? What do they do? And uh, I've actually researched that quite a bit and talked to people about it when I was a reporter, but also just doing academic studies and so forth. And people have been asked to explain why they did what they did. Like, why would you risk your butt to rescue someone? And most honestly, they say, I don't know. I just did it. And so that's just a, a glorious act of selflessness. And those were the sorts of heroes I wanted to explore in this book. But as admirable as that is, as a thriller writer, I wanted to turn the concept on his head, on its head and say, so what would happen if people didn't love a hero? In fact, what would happen if they were trying to kill off a hero? So that's where my book, the germ of my book was. As an ex-reporter myself, I made my protagonist a reporter, just because we're all heroes in our own imagination. <laughs> so his job was to vet heroes for something called the Sedgwick Medallion. It was a, a creation of mine, and he was a um, robber baron back in the turn of the last century, and he funded this legacy that still lives on today and awards these very respected medallions and financial aid for heroes. So I thought, all right, so my guy will vet these as a reporter, former reporter, because he has the ability to do those research. But then what would happen? His heroes started disappearing. And all of a sudden, the heroes that he confirmed and respected are vanishing, and he becomes a suspect. So he has to not only try to save these good people, but he also has to clear his name. And that's basically the genesis of the book. Nice. Now, is this a standalone or part of a series? In my optimistic frame of mind, it is, uh, I'm six chapters into the next book with my same protagonist. So we'll see. His name is Jake Ockham, and uh, he's based in the, at a small weekly newspaper now in Aberdeen, Washington. And yes, I would like to see him as a hero. I think he has the the legs to carry on for a little while, but we'll see. Nice. It sounds like when you started, you just planned on the one book, but had thoughts for more stories, more series. Is that accurate? Yes. I was, I'd always constructed it with a few unanswered questions and backstory that I would fill in later. Should, Lord willing, there be another publishing contract, but you never know. But I thought, I thought it had legs, but uh, I'm not much of a planner. So I started this book, Hero Haters, without really knowing how it was going to end. And then it evolved slowly as I went along. Okay. I just asked, because that's kind of what started with me, my, my fantasy series. I had an idea for a story that turned into, now I've got an idea for seven stories. Okay. <laughs> it seems like that's how it goes. Your brain works a little better than mine. I, I'm. I've got an idea for the next one, but I never looked beyond that. I don't know about better, maybe differently, but okay. <laughs> but, but please tell me, you said his name was Jason or Jake Ockham? Yes. Please tell me you have a scene in there where he shaves with Jake Ockham's razor. I guess well, I Yes, there is a scene where he does explain that name of his, which 
uh, is his family name, spelled a little differently than the O-C-A-M, but yes. So actually, the Occam's razor does play a part in this story. Okay, great. Sorry, I like corny dad joke type puns and stuff. <laughs> now, you also said you made him a journalist because you know that. And that's interesting because how many Stephen King stories is the protagonist a writer? He's got writers in every other story he does just about. Yeah. So I think, and it's a good, it, it, that type of protagonist, I think could lead to a series and adventures. Things can happen. He's pursuing a different story or whatever. Exactly. And he's still working part-time for this Sedgwick fund. So although he's moved from, from Pittsburgh to uh, the West Coast uh, to work for his family newspaper, he still vets some uh, heroes for, uh, for the Sedgwick medal. So he's got that going on the side too. So that gives him not only the reporting side, but the heroic side that I can play with, which gives nice. me a lot of freedom. Yeah. You mentioned a publishing contract, but I take it this is self-published right now, right? No, my publisher is Wild Roads Press of New okay. York State. But it's a one-book contract, and I hope if I sweet-talk them along, they'll they'll renew it for, with a second book. So we'll just have to nice. see. So has the first book been doing well? What is the feedback from I've got some great reviews already on Goodreads, but it only actually hit the... A release date yesterday. Oh, okay. So okay. It's, that's Brilliant. why, as I said, I was a bit fuzzy this morning. Refreshments yes, were served last night at my launch party. Nice. Okay. Okay. Taking your book, if you had a choice, would you rather see this turned into a movie or a TV show? Whoa. You know what? I would have to go with a TV series because one of one of the uh, my favorite authors I have a couple of them that are former reporters like Michael Connolly and his Harry Bosch series. And John Sanford, of course, has written some wonderful books. He's got some great characters, Virgil Flowers and so forth. And they've both talked about how wonderful an apprenticeship journalism is. And I have to agree with him on that. You just, you run into so many characters as a reporter. You see the best of people's lives and the worst of people's lives. And you can draw on a lot of that if you move forward in fiction. Nice. Would you, when you think of TV series, do you think of old school back in the day as it starts a season in September and goes till spring? Or the new TV type series where it's a limited run at just about any time of the year? I kind of like that streaming idea very much. It's, it, it works for me because I've enjoyed the, I've certainly enjoyed Harry Bosch, if you've seen the Bosch series on uh, on Prime, I guess that is. And uh, yeah, it's a fabulous way of, of doing it. And you can get an arc, a very complex arc that you can't get in a movie when it's so terribly compressed. But I think I'm probably getting a little ahead of myself when it comes to talking about that. But it is good to think that way, too, because... Like you said, a TV series has different requirements for the story than a movie. If you write your stories so they fit well with a TV series, like Indiana Jones, The Raiders, it was written kind of like the old serials, where it, it goes was, to yes. highlight and stop, that type of feel. So it's, you know, if your stories are already like that, uh, it could make it easier to make it a TV show. And there's That's a true. 
A lot of more choices out there. I remember when I saw Indiana Jones, the first one in the movie theater, and it was just love at first sight. And it, re it really did bring me back to my childhood and all of those serials and series and the, the wonderful, I guess I'd call them the chapter endings that kept yeah. going on and on. Oh my God, what's going to happen next? And yes. So I try to drag my reader through that sort of thing too. A lot of cliffhangers in the book. Right. So do you consider your book more action-oriented, thriller? What type? I would call it a thriller as opposed to a mystery because we know who, who the bad person is, although my protagonist doesn't know. He's in the dark. I enjoy abusing my poor protagonist, poor Jake. I put him through the mill, but the reader knows that there's more going on than he realizes. Right. And you mentioned Bosch and Virgil Flowers. So if people like those books and those characters, would you say that they'd like yours? It's very similar? In my dream, Stephen, yes. I would exactly say that. I love those those two writers. Uh, uh, John Sanford is uh, consistently brilliant. So is uh, the Harry Bosch series and the uh, Lincoln Lawyer series. They're both uh, excellent ones that I've enjoyed very much. And so those, if I can emulate those, I can't hope to match their success probably, but I certainly love, one of the things I really love is the mix that they're both able to get, uh, you know, very bloodthirsty concepts from time to time, but there's humor in them, especially in John Sanford. He's got a, a great gift for humor, and especially yeah. with the Virgil Flowers part of this series. It's just fun, and it, and I, I like lightning tension and the drama. It, it makes, I think if you have these little asides, it, it uh, gives people a, a breather, and then you can then mess with their head in the next chapter. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so where you live, which is like the other side of the continent from me, mm -hmm. uh, do you have any favorite bookstores that you like to go to? There's one in North Vancouver. There's a bunch, but there are very few in North Vancouver that that I uh, that I see. There are just two are opening up, and I don't even know the names of them yet. So it's an act of courage that they're even opening bookstores in this day and age. But yes, nice. That's good though. I like that. Yeah, there are um, of course the chain uh, stores. There's Chapters Indigo, which uh, we have one uh, in West Vancouver, just down the road from me, and. Uh, it's a good one, but the little independents are, it's always a bit of a, a struggle for them, I think. So, Yes. All right. Before we go and talk about some author stuff, which we're going to talk about conferences, you just went to one. If somebody came up to you and said, hey, Ken, I heard you wrote a book. Why should I get it and read it? What would you tell them? Ah, that's a very good question. I would say... If you're fascinated with heroes, if you're fascinated with the question, who am I when no one is looking, and explore some of that, I think that you might like this book. You, now, you may have to put up with a little mayhem and murder, but there, there are some deeper aspects of heroism that I think you might find quite interesting. And so, yes, I would say give it a shot for that reason alone. Great. Great. Thank you. Appreciate that. We'll make sure there's links in the show notes for people interested in the book.
Thank uh, you. Thanks for sharing. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website, go to Amazon, look them up, get the book. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running for to help more authors. When I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for. So people can discover new authors, find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use. So I've got an affiliate link. Again, it's a little bit, if everyone clicked on those, if they were going to get it anyway, it helps keep the podcast going. So let's all help each other out, discover more authors to read. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.